And it's a Friday, and we have a good subject today. That's why I picked this particular music. And it's another great Friday. Hang out with your host of Speaking for Him, the great and tough Andrew Gomison. Well, I'm grateful to be with you today. And, you know, a few weeks ago we started a series, at least, at I mean, at that point I didn't realized for sure whether it would be a series but i have decided that it's that it's worth um, making a series and that is we talked about four keys to success in the christian life and the verse we used was um in for in first peter 217 i believe um and it said this um that basically talking about the keys to success it said fear are honor all men, love the brotherhood, fear God, and honor the king. So today we're going to talk about um, the first of those four things, um, which is honor all men. Now I know we, we there's a lot of success books, a lot of self help books out there, um, and this is not a a if you do this you will have. All the money you want, you'll have a Ferrari in the driveway. That's not the kind of success that we're talking about here. God's definition of success is much different than man's. I will hasten to add that I believe that God is more, many times more willing to bless someone materially who honors him spiritually than he would be otherwise. But it's not an ironclad guarantee that if you honor him spiritually, you will be wealthy. Um, but the riches that he does give you will be without guilt and they will be more important than any material wealth. And so today we're going to talk about honoring all men. So Chad, can you start us off with our quote of the day? As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. Galatians 6.10 now, I feel like this is an important verse to start out with. And the reason that I, that I feel so strongly about it is because I feel like a lot of times we have a lot of outreach programs in our churches. Is there anything wrong with that? No. But I do think that a lot of times outreach, um, becomes so much a part of our church that we don't do enough inreach. And this verse to me clearly communicates that our primary, um, source of doing good should be to those of the household of faith. Um, uh, there's another passage of scripture that basically says that, um, that people will know that we're Christians by the way that we love one another. And that's one of the things that will pique their interest in joining the Christian faith is how we love one another. And so I just really feel like that's a good starting off point of our discussion. So before we hop into these other points, uh, of which I will read the point and then Chad will read the verse and we'll discuss these as we go along. Okay. Do you have any thoughts on our initial verse, our quote of the day? I actually agree that sometimes we focus too much on outreach than we do on inreach. And I think that a lot of people don't realize that the purpose of the church is to equip believers to to do the work of the kingdom outside of the church. And I know a lot of people, and, and I remember earlier in my faith that people would say, oh yeah, invite so-and-so to church. 
And in doing so, they are actually expecting Christ to do the work through a pastor to reach out to their friend, which is something they should be doing themselves. And and it, it's interesting that you that you mentioned that, and of course that's kind of the line of conversation that I was starting. But the re, the one thing that strikes me, or that I want to mention at this point, is the fact that that's actually primarily why I started speaking for him. I have a passion for the gospel, mm-hmm. and I will preach the gospel until the day that I die, Lord willing. But my primary ministry, I believe, is for the equipping of the saints so yes. that you as a believer are encouraged, so that I as a believer am, in, am encouraged, so that when we walk out or roll out, as the case may be, of the studio, we are better men, better women, better people than when we went in, and we are equipped to shine our light into the world. And for me... um. I get an opportunity to shine the light of Jesus through the halls of Potter's House Christian School. And I'm very thankful that because it's a Christian school, they don't let me, they don't make me hide my light under a bushel and I'm able to freely share. Because if we don't share the hope of Christ, there's no hope. We talked about that a little bit on our Good Friday episode, that if we don't have the hope of the resurrection, then we don't have any hope in our lives. And so the primary goal of speaking for him is to encourage the saints. Even though we will never stop preaching the gospel, we'll never stop praying for unbelievers, we'll never stop having a desire to reach them, but our primary goal is to reach you and encourage you and equip you so that you can reach your unbelieving friends and neighbors. Which is kind of what the church is supposed to be there for. Yes, they're supposed to outreach to the community, and yes, they can organize believers to do so, but when we go to church on Sunday, the purpose of us going to church on Sunday is that the man of God, our shepherd, equips us to do the work of the kingdom. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, and I think if we had a a better grasp of that, we would see a greater level of revival in our communities. Um, because the other thing, and I'll just say this quickly before we jump into our, our sub topics, is the other thing is a lot of times people don't want to offend unbelievers. So they basically say, believe Christ and you can live the way you want to. They might not even say it straight out, but they'll imply it because they don't want to challenge people's beliefs. But the reality is that if you are preaching Christ, and it does not involve, when you're preaching Christ, it does not involve a lifestyle change, what are you actually giving them? You're not really giving them that much. All right, so getting down to our points about honoring others, let's start with honor others above yourself. Be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love, in honor, preferring one to another. Romans twelve ten. Now, when you look at billboards or you look at ad campaigns, what is the number one thing, or one of the number one things, I should say, that, that permeates those? Um, gratification. Self-gratification. Self-gratification. Um, I know McDonald's used to have a, a slogan that said, you deserve a break today. And I think Burger King has the slogan, have it your way. As a matter of fact, I remember 
a friend of mine, I think, I think it was Mr. Burger. He said, I was working at Mr. Burger. I love Mr. Burger. And somebody, Mr. Burger plug, go to Mr. Burger. And somebody always said they wanted large fries. Well, I don't know if you remember, but at Mr. Burger, they only have one type of fries. They have one size. That's all. Right. And so he said it would always frustrate him. And I think he told me that one time he said, this isn't Burger King. You can't have it your way. Right. So I thought that was kind of interesting. But anyway, the point here is that we're supposed to esteem others in such a way that we um, put them above ourselves, that we prefer them above ourselves. Um, and that's the way a Christian is supposed to live, What is which is a 180 from what we're told. Because we're told to look out for number one. We're told to climb the corporate ladder. And step on whoever you need to do to do that. And so I think it's important for us to remember to honor others above ourselves. I, th- I think the scripture is Philippians two three, and I'm looking it up on my phone right now. Um, I'll read the new. I'll, I'll read the King James version, though I'm not really all that familiar to it. But it's it's Andrew's preferred. Okay, let nothing be done through strife or vain glory, but in lowliness of mind. Let each esteem other better than themselves. And the reason I bring that up is because I uh, I call everybody my boss. Everybody. Um, they might not even be my boss. And there's a lot of people like, hey, don't call me your boss. I'm not your boss. It's like, well, the scripture tells me to esteem everybody as being better than me or having a higher position than I am. It's a So we take the position of humility and we treat somebody else as if they're better than us. And in calling, in doing that and calling everybody a boss, I now have done my best to do that. That and Mr. Lunt from VeggieTales kind of rubbed off on me. Okay. Well, that, that's really interesting because I've noticed that you say that a lot, but I didn't really know the background of that. So that's really interesting to know. And, and I have kind of a similar story because – one of the things I have said in pretty much every job interview I've ever been in is they say, well, why do you want to work here? And my answer is always, I want to make you better, this company better, this school better for having worked there. That's, that's what I, what I say to my potential bosses when I'm interviewed. And that's really the mindset that I try to go in there with. That's the mindset that I go to work with every day is I want to make this place better for the fact that I've been there. And I've had testimony from several people that have said that it is better. So that's very extremely gratifying to me. All right, our second one. Follow the example of Jesus. Little children, yet a little while I am with you. Ye shall seek me, and as I said unto the Jews, whither I go, ye cannot come. So now I say to you, a new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another, as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. John thirteen thirty three to 34. The interesting thing about this one is God doesn't give us any excuses, no outs. A lot of times we say, well, I'm not God. I can't love the way he loved me. And there's a sense in which that's true because we're not perfect. We will, hit, we will not hit the mark every time. But that is the example, that is the standard to which he has called us to love others as we as he has loved us. And I think when we are wronged, 
our first inclination, even as believers often, is to retaliate. Right. To be mad, to be angry, to say things that we can't take back. It's like the toothpaste in the tube. Once you say it, you can't put it back. Once you squeeze all the toothpaste out, you wonder how in the, in the world they ever got it in there in the first place. I, that, that's a good. I mean, that's something to look up on YouTube. Yeah, maybe we should. Maybe we should. Um, you know, see if Mental Floss has an article about it and do it and, and talk about it on Freeform Friday one of these days. Which hopefully next time we will have both Chad and Adam in the studio for Freeform Friday, and that will be off the chain excitement. So just wetting your whistle a little bit for the future. Um, but, but Andrew, Adam's the boss, so he gets the board. So you're <laughs> probably not going to get any of this kind of stuff. All right. Well, we'll have to see. I'll be over there warming up that chair. You know, you could teach him about about sound effects. He's the one who taught teach, me. Teach him the ways of the Chadster. The ways of the Chad. <laughs> So, uh, but, I'll call him. I'll call him my little. What, what, what is it that they call him? Your Padawan, to use um, a Star yeah. Wars reference. Um, my young Padawan. All right, we're getting a little off topic here, but I just think that that's interesting. That Jesus, that that God is saying, the way that I loved you, that's the way you should love other people, and that is hard to do. <laughs> it is indeed. Um, it's not easy, and like I said, we often. Miss the mark, but I think part of um, one one quote that always sticks in my mind in almost every circumstance I'm in is that if you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. Hmm. If you don't have a goal in mind in life, you won't miss it because you never had a goal, but you won't hit it either. So if you have a high goal that you don't hit, at least you hit higher than you would if you had no goal at all. And then. Um, be an example. First we talked about following the example of Jesus. Now we're saying be an example. In all things, shewing thyself a pattern of good works. In doctrine, shewing uncorruptness, gravity, sincerity. Titus 2.7. Now I admit, and we try, especially on our Freeform Friday episodes, that there's nothing wrong with Christians having a good time. I want people to come away from this podcast entertained if possible. Uh, but I told Chad, especially when we first started, that the tenor of my podcast was largely serious and that I really wanted to challenge people week in and week out, as I have for the the years preceding Chad coming on the show, um, to take their faith seriously. And I think oftentimes, as ready as God is to receive us, we almost take that for granted in our Christian culture and we almost like um, come to Jesus all these great things will happen for you when in reality, um, in a lot of ways, if you come to Jesus, your life may get very hard. Jesus said, if you come, if you want to come follow me, deny yourself and take up your cross and follow me. It's not an easy road. And um, so I think it's important for us to realize that we are held to a higher standard. Um, he wants us to be an example to other people. Um, to be an example to the believers and to realize that, um, as Paul also said, all those who live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. There will be times when we need to stand alone and we need to be serious about the things of God, but we can definitely have fun within that. I just think that if we're not telling people the whole truth, 
uh, we do them a disservice. Yeah, and I've true. seen, and I've seen, um, pastors and other speakers do that where they emphasize the, the great things that God does for us to the exclusion of the hard parts about being a disciple. So I just want to make sure that we always have balance in these things. Um, and then care for the souls of others. Give none offense, neither to the Jews, nor the Gentiles, nor to the church of God, even as I please all men in all things, not seeking my own profit, but the profit of many, that they may be saved. 1 Corinthians 10, 32, or, yeah, 32 to 33. So we have Paul here um, talking about how he tries to please everyone, tries to come to where they are and reach them. I think we get this confused too because we kind of think that coming to meet people where they are it kind of means wallowing with them in a sense because we kind of um, tell them it's okay to stay where they are. But when God took hold of my life, he didn't say, I'll stay with you where you are. He said, I'm going to raise you up to a higher plane. The psalmist said, he set my feet on a rock and he gave my heart a new song to sing. And so that's the hope that we should bring to um, those believers that we disciple and those unbelievers that we're preaching Christ to is to say, it's okay to come to God as you are. But if God really does a work in you, he's not going to leave you where you are. Amen. He's going to complete a work that only begins when you choose salvation. Um, so before we go on to our final uh, point, do you have any thoughts on these last couple of verses, Chad? Hmm. No, I do not. Not on this one, no. All right. Well, thank you for that. We will move on then to our final point um, uh, for this podcast and obviously this episode. And obviously it's not an um, exhaustive list. There are probably many other times and ways in which the Bible talks about honoring others. But this one I think is important. Honor your parents. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for it is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise that it may be well with you, and that thou mayest live long on the earth. Now, uh, I think this is so important to honor our parents who have done so much for us. I know specifically my parents, they put up with a lot um, because of my disability, and, and they really pushed me to be more than what the world expected of me. And it's because of my dad that I'm a college graduate, because he pushed me. When I got done with high school, I just wanted to be done with education. I hated school. I didn't want to go to college, but he pushed me to do it. So that's why I'm a college graduate. And incidentally, that's why I'm able to do the job I do today. I wouldn't be able to do it if I didn't have a college degree. That's true. So, um, it's, it's very, I'm very blessed with it by that. I'm blessed by my mom who taught me all these years in homeschooling. Um, she actually homeschooled all 11 of us and she's finally almost coming to the end of that journey with my sister graduating in 2019. So that will be interesting for her. Um, she'll probably help with the grandkids now, of which there are <laughs> um, 19 going on 21. I don't know how many of them. 29 grandkids? Yes. There's two more on the way. How many siblings do you have? Total. I have 10 siblings, six of which are married. Oh, dear Lord. So <laughs> That's an expensive Christmas. 
It is. We, we've incidentally started drawing names in the last couple of years <laughs> uh, because we used to um, do presents for every single individual. And we, we opened presents for like three days and – Three days nonstop? Basically, yeah. <laughs> Which was somewhat cool except that we, we, we decided that we would rather have one or two re- really nice gifts than a bunch of stuff that we would forget about by the end of the year. Mm, you know? That's true. So that is that as far as Christmas goes. But yeah, I have a lot of siblings and um, I know – at least a couple of the families um, among my siblings are serious about homeschooling, so we'll see where that goes for the next generation. But I'm grateful for what my parents did because if they hadn't homeschooled me, I would, really would have struggled in school and I would have had a hard time graduating. Mm. So it really prepared me for college and got me ready for what I'm doing now. So I'm thankful for that. And then I also want to point out that this says honor your parents. It doesn't say honor your saved parents. Some people kind of imply or even possibly implicitly state that they can't really honor their parents because they're non-believers. But I think one of the ways that we show unbelievers how important our faith is is to honor who they are, even if we disagree with their beliefs. You know, yeah. and that's a good point, and, and that was something that I was waiting for you to uh, say, well, hey, what do you got to think? I think the key phrase is, in the Lord. The children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Okay? The key phrase is in the Lord. Absolutely. So you honor your father the way the Lord wants you to honor your father and your mother. Okay? If your father and your mother are not saved, you still need to treat them the way the Lord wants you to treat them. And in doing so, you are honoring them. You're saying that I am going to with I'm going to do as the Lord wants me to do for you. So I'm giving you honor. And that does not mean agreeing with them to commit some sort of sins or drinking alcohol or smoking cigarettes if that's the kind of things that they do. It would be more honoring to them if you didn't do those things because people will look at them and say, "How did he or she raise such a great child?" Mm-hmm. And not only that, but when they when they see the earnestness of your belief and that it dictates the way you live your life, if it's not even if it, even or if it, or maybe especially if it's not the way they live, they'll be like, "Well, something's motivating you to do that." I'm reminded of um, the case for Christ, which we reviewed a while back. It's a movie about Lee Strobel and his wife. Um, Lee Strobel was a journalist who um, who was an atheist. He fought against anything to do with God. And then his wife became a Christian and she prayed for him every day that God would soften his heart and bring him to the knowledge of Christ. And he went on a, went on an investigative journey and he realized that, um, Christianity was the way to go. And he gave his heart to Christ. And now he defends the Bible everywhere he goes, does speeches and debates defending the Bible. Mm-hmm. But my main point in bringing that up is that there was one thing that he said. He said, if I knew this was just a phase and I knew that my wife was just belie- was just temporarily fixated on this, then it wouldn't be that big of a deal. 
But he said, I know that she's changed. Mm-hmm. He even told her, he said, he said, you have been stolen from me by another man. And that man is Jesus. Wow. That, that's what he told her. And so he, he couldn't deny that she had, that it had changed her. So it wasn't like he could just say, well, she's just a lunatic. She just believes this thing out of thin air and, and nothing's really different and she'll grow out of it. He knew that it had changed her and that was actually more frustrating than it would have been had he been able to categorize it as just a temporary belief. So I think if people realize the earnestness of your belief, it will go a long way into persuading them to investigate it for themselves. Now, it doesn't mean that it will always work. I have an uncle that I've been praying for for over 20 years, earnestly, that he would come to know Christ as Savior, because he was the kind of guy that would always debate me if I brought it up. So I don't bring it up with him very much. But I pray that someone else who's not a family member will come into his life and be used to change him for the better. Um, Because I'm probably too close to the situation to make that kind of difference in his life. And that's fine. But I will continue to pray for him until I die or until he dies that he makes the right choice. Amen. So it's just very interesting how those things can, can work together. And I hope that this has been a beneficial podcast for you. Um, and we will continue this series in the next few weeks as um, the schedule allows. We're very excited about things to come. And I'm excited to have not just one, but two great producers working on the podcast, hopefully this spring and summer, with Chad and Adam both being on board and just very excited about what is to come for Speaking for Him. So stay tuned. Keep listening every week. Give us feedback, please. That's one thing that I don't get a lot of is feedback. I have uh, like one super fan that gives me feedback regularly, but I'd love to add to that list and have more people giving me feedback. If you want to ask questions and have civil conversations over on the Speaking for Him page, um, then I would be glad to have you do that. It's a forum where we can talk about any number of issues and maybe even talk in a little more detail than we do here on the show and maybe even develop more podcasts out of those discussions. So please avail yourself of the contact information at the end of the show. Have a great weekend, and keep serving the best of masters. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Your host has been Andrew Gomison, founder of Speaking for Him. For more information on today's show and to leave us comments and voicemails, visit speakingforhim.blogspot.com. You can find Andrew's ministry at speakingforhim.com. That's speaking, the number four, H-I-M. You can also interact with us at facebook.com slash speakingforhim and on Twitter at Speaking for Him. And when you look for us on iTunes and Stitcher, let us know what you think of the podcast by leaving a rating and review. 